1: What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? High noon on a Wednesday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory for the next two hours here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. Uh, between the two of us, we've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. It's up to you to figure out the rest, but what you should know by now, a uh, knucklehead. You want to chime in anytime over the next 120 minutes. You can find us on the dot .com. Of course, I'm talking about the twitter dot .com at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The
2: Body. What up, cousin? Man, you keep forgetting my uh last part of our intro. You go through the spiel about one of us having a decade worth of uh, NFL experience. Yeah, I wonder which one of us that is. Another person having this good hair, <laughs> but then you forget about both of us sharing the love for undefeated team. Oh, that's true. I mean, until that isn't the undefeated, case. Undefeated, never lost. I was going to say, until that 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 isn't the case, I think we need to continue to reiterate that just for the people that out here, you know. That's right. They, this they, is, they don't have an undefeated team to root for right now. This is a
1: radio show for people whose team
2: hasn't lost. Exactly. If your team has lost, I mean, you could tune in, but... You know, you're more it's of a spectator. It's not the yeah. same. You're right. You're more of a you're the peanut yeah, yeah. gallery. You know? you know what I mean? <laughs> you, you're on the outside looking in. We, we actually in the club right now. So I just want you to always use that while we still have
1: it available to us. Well, I appreciate it. You're right. Uh, some housekeeping here to get us started today, Arthur Motes. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, we'll hear from him today as we do every Wednesday. Hold on, hold on. Who was that? AFC player oh, of the week. Oh, okay, okay. Just making sure you said Ben that right. Put, put the Jumin respect on his name. Rothless Burger. Uh that is some good news. Obviously, Ben getting some credit. Hey, we talk a lot about this show. You guys tweet us a lot and say nobody gives Ben any respect. Well, there's a little respect on Ben's name about time. Shout out to those Mac guys.
0: Shout
1: guys. <laughs> that is one of the things. Let's talk about that. Uh, hilarious line by Coach Tomlin, by the no way. No question. Because right? he's right. There are, there's no such thing as a trap game in the NFL. Because as Coach T put it yesterday, we're not a Big Ten team going up against a Mac school. But I mean, Arthur Motes, don't you think he could have picked a different target? His quarterback's from the Mac. Deontay Johnson's from the Mac. His starting right tackle's from the Mac. He has a starting inside linebacker from the from, Mac. From hey, like,
2: the we Mac. can go down the list of all these starters the and last, key players that are from the Mac. <laughs> the
1: last, now, th- I might not be able to say this much longer with TJ Watt, but the last pits. Oh wait, no! It was who won it. But anyways, uh, James Harrison was—I was, was going to say the last Pittsburgh Steeler to win Defensive gotcha, Player yeah, of the yeah, Year, but, but, but he won it before Troy yeah. did. But James Harrison was from the Mac. I mean, yeah. this is an organization. It's a ton of Mac. Ton of Mac. The, to people, the Mac
2: bro. ties run it's a ton deep. Ton of Mac. You say receivers, quarterback, wait,
1: Coach T, maybe,
0: O-line maybe picking defense, up line, targets
1: Like, bruh. <laughs> It's crazy. crazy. <laughs> um, ben Roethlisberger had a, a funny little clap back at Coach T about that one today. We'll, we'll hear that when we hear from Big Ben later on. But, yes, Big Ben AFC Player of the Week. It's about dang time. Um, and also, I, I wanted to make sure uh, to mention, too, from yesterday from Mike Tomlin. Uh, looks like some good news. And, you know, I hesitate because we, you never know until you know, and particularly we want to see the practice report on Thursday. But Mozi looks like some good news uh, for Mike Hilton as well, too. Looks like the Steelers uh, could be getting him back, and I think that's important. Um, Chris Wormley as well, too. Mike Hilton. Uh, Tyson alualu has been back out there. All hands on deck. Uh, that's good to see. We're confident in what we've seen from Henry Mondo, uh, from Carlos Davis, from Isaiah Bugs. but it, it's always good to uh, to get more hands back in that pile
2: absolutely man when you talk about this team getting healthy at the right time yeah i mean now that we're in the middle of november this is when you want your team to start getting healthier and starting to click on all cylinders and starting to put more complete performances together we saw the the first part of that in terms of the more complete performance. That performance they put against the Bengals was beautiful. Um, we obviously had some inefficiencies in the run game, and Coach T did address that yesterday in his press conference. But as a whole, man, the guys that they're getting back, Tyson coming back last week was huge. We already talked about his impact in the running game. And then Mike Hilton. I mean, he practiced last week. He started out the week limited, and then it yeah. went downhill from there. But all signs right now, and the optimism that we heard Coach T speak of, it sounds as if he should be good to go this week, but even if he isn't 100% good to go, the play of Antoine Brooks Jr., mm-hmm. man, he came in and played a, a, a pivotal role. He was Impressive. he was a focal point in all of the third-down situations, a, a record-breaking third-down night where you right. forced him to go 0 for 13 on third-down, but Antoine and the, and Brooks... And the secondary
1: was a huge part of that. They Antoine broke up a was lot a of huge passes.
2: part of that, man. He, he played exclusively in those third-down situations, so knowing that I still feel comfortable that, hey, with Mike Hilton, we don't necessarily have to rush him back out there if he's not necessarily ready to go. But if he is, then, of course, I mean, you put him out there. But like you said, as a whole, this team is getting healthy at the right time.
1: No, they are, absolutely. Um, You know, we're not going to get Devin Bush back till next year. We all know that. But other than that, it looks like they're getting uh, all hands on deck. Again, I, I keep using that term, every hand in the pile. And that's good. So that's our uh, that's our little housekeeping for the day, Arthur Motes. We got a bunch of tweets rolling in here. We'll get to those in the next segment. Uh it is a best of the West Wednesday, so we'll give you our top ten teams in the National Football League. Power rankings, baby. Hey now. And uh also Arthur Motes, a new idea that we're that we're gonna do today on the show. Um inspired by DeAndre Hopkins and Come everything on, that we on, Man, saw. here
2: you go. Here you go.
1: We we really got
2: it was inspired by that. You wanna bring that heartache well, back up today? Jeez, man.
1: Heartache for you. Golly. <laughs> who are the top five players, receivers in National Football League history that you would like to throw a Hail Mary to, right? So if your team was about to throw a Hail Mary, who do you want on the receiving end? Our top five lists. We'll give you those as we roll along here, too. Uh, Thrash tweets the show, mozi our buddy Thrash in Virginia. Um... It says that we all know it was Coach T talking trash about the Big Ten, not the Mac.
0: Hey!
1: (laughs) I'm surprised you two Big Ten haters didn't pick up on it. (laughs) Shout shout out to Penn State. We are. Yeah. (sighs) Arthur Motes, uh, before we go to break here, I wanted to take time, right? I've been doing this new feature uh, on Mm -hmm. ESPNPGH.com, this weekly blog post, called This Is The Way. Okay, and it's about the Mandalorian. All right, it's kind of a right, like, right. it's kind of a sports meets Star Wars blog post. Okay, I okay? like it. Um, and it was inspired by you know the Mandalorian. Um, I do this on the on the Solo show that I do on ESPN. But big I, time, big time. But I write um, I write some things about sports, but I use some Star Wars puns and right. innuendos and stuff like that. Like for example, um. Let's see here. You know what? I'll pull it up right now. One of the things that I said um, was, you know, 3 uh, the Steelers running game. Three straight games with less than 50 yards on the ground for the Steelers. Uh, throwing the ball 70% of the time against some of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Even in 2020, this is not the way. Qui-Gon Jinn once spoke of bringing balance to the force, but balance cannot be achieved with such numbers. I see
2: what you're doing there.
1: Master Yoda said we should be mindful of the future, and I fear a future that includes a matchup with the Kansas City Chiefs. Whew. On and on, right? So I, I do right, a lot right. of these uh, these, I like and it. I write about different, you know, I wrote about Penn State football. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote about Antonio Brown. I said, A hey, B, Oof. you don't you don't want any trouble with the HOA. You want to go home and rethink your life. <laughs> you know, Obi Wan <laughs> Kenobi style, right? So I get the, you know, i get the Star Wars puns in there. Oh, you don't like it. Uh-huh. Um one of these that I wrote this week, Arthur Moats, I mentioned you. Okay. Uh-oh. So can I read this real quick before we go to break? Is that uh, right with absolutely. you? Absolutely. And if everybody wants the full article, all right, you absolutely ES- ESPMPGH.com or on my Twitter account, I, I tweet this out every Wednesday. Uh, I wrote about Jonathan Vilma, mm. and I said, <laughs> "Good old
2: Vilma." I said, oh, "I man. know."
1: Li- I said, "Listen, I know broadcasting is hard. I know this industry is much more difficult than it appears to the casual person, right?" But I said, "Too often you sounded like a fan out there. You were screaming and yelling like George R. Binks every time the Bengals made a play. Oh, oh, oh! You see that? Oh, you see? Man, that should have been a pick six. That should have been a pick six. But he- here's what I said, right? Here's where I got. Here's where I bring you in. uh Oh. I said there are so many talented people. A lot of ex-players like Vilma too that could do that job in a heartbeat. I said Mm. Ryan Clark, Pat McAfee, Emmanuel Acho, Arthur Mo. Hey now, and then this is what I said. I said, well, no, not Arthur Moats because then I'd lose him on SNR. But this is true. But you get my point. (laughs) So if you want to read that full article on my name drop of Arthur Motes, ESPNPGH.com, this is the way if you like sports and Star Wars. Motesy, some uh, things that we do that are the way on a Wednesday, we'll hear from Ben Roethlisberger. He just got done speaking to the media about 15 minutes ago. We'll have a little Ben's Day Wednesday. We'll do Best of the West, and we'll get to some of your tweets around the corner. Uh, Some tweets here rolling in about Ben Roethlisberger, some questions about the wide receivers as well, too. So get those tweets in. We will address them as we roll along. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Ulick. We got to get to the tweets. I mean, come on. Especially on a Wednesday. It's the middle of the week, all right? We uh, got to get to
2: the tweets is, in the middle of the this week. This is
1: when we need you guys more than ever. No right? question. the uh, middle <laughs> of the week, hump day. Give us a little help here, all right? On Twitter, at Wesley Yuler, at the Body 52 The Body. This is Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Moats on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
1: A little electric factory on a Wednesday. Arthur Moats, Wesley Euler, rocking and rolling with you here midweek. And some final thoughts about the Bengals. We start to turn the page to the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's what Wednesdays are for. And of course, as always, we take your participation on the Twitter.com. We got some tweets rolling in, Motzi. This has been nice. You know, we there we go. We see? don't just we don't just save the tweets for the end of the show anymore no, because no. we get enough of them now. We want to. We, we don't want to make pigeonhole, a, everybody. Yeah, we got to make it interactive, and, and right. we
2: realize that you know when we start reading them out throughout, throughout throughout the show. I, I mean, said throughout 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 I mean, throughout that's throughout what, throughout that's, Department that's, of Redundancy Department. You know, that's how you know it's for real for real. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah <laughs> Let's get uh, you man You know
1: what, speaking of uh, goofy speaking and uh, Jason gets it, okay He's part of the show, everybody who's part of the show Knows, if there's one thing that I do I mess up names Okay, I mess up phrases I mess up everything All right? It happens I'm, I'm kind of like Jonathan Vilma in that regard, you know I, I call Franco Harris James Franco Shh <laughs> I say, uh, you know, I say the Bengals kick themselves on the foot when the expression is shot yourself in the foot. I would say it'd be interesting to kick yourself in the
2: foot. All right.
1: Jason says, I'm sorry, Wes, but trying to let this go. Listening to Monday's podcast and you kept saying you're cooking my grits. The saying is you're overcooking my grits. You're (laughs) killing me. (laughs) Jason, that's just what I do, baby. But I do appreciate it. Sometimes you got to overcook the grits and cook the grits regularly. Let me see here if I can. It doesn't say where Jason is from. I wonder if Jason's from the South. It has to be. You know what I mean? Because that, that's, I feel like that's I a southern mean They southern take, their, turn. Grits, they take yeah. their grits seriously. I mean, you could tell that I'm a northeast. I'm a pasty northeast boy. I don't see the sunlight of the south, particularly this time of year. Because <laughs> I don't know much about grits, but I do know now, thanks to Jason, that it's overcooking my grits. Not yeah, man, cooking. You can't overcook grits. them. I mean, anyway, I like you cook them, but you got to overcook them. I that's like the it. Uh, Ryan from Nashville tweets: uh, Do we think Ben will get at least one vote for MVP this year? I mean, we already said the fact
2: that he has never received a MVP vote is insane. Yeah. Him and Russell Wilson. I think this is the year they both receive votes because right now we know that the NFL has been on the big campaign for Russ to receive the MVP award. I mean, they've been hyping it up, the let him cook thing. I mean, they're going to talk about it at Nazim, the fact that he hasn't received the vote. But yeah. Ben's play is going to start having that conversation be drummed up about him as well. So I do think he will receive some type of votes as long as he stays on the trajectory that he's on. Now, we do understand the recency bias level of this in terms of right now, he's I mean he's coming off of one of his best games of the season, so yes. we're going to talk about it a lot more. But he has to have more of these type performances and less of the super-efficient, just-doing-enough-for-the-team-to-win performances because – the difference is, I mean, has he been key in terms of this team going on? I don't know, without a doubt. Yeah. But when it comes to individual awards, they want gaudy numbers and storylines. Right now, we're getting storyline, but not necessarily the gaudy numbers. Right. Whereas with some of these other guys, when you look at just, you know, where they rank from a passing, what passing are, touchdowns. Yeah. And I know people will bring up Russ these past two games. He's had a lot more interceptions. He but he's even, not played well these last couple and, and weeks. And even with that, I still feel in a way it helps him. Because their argument is <laughs> yeah. when when he they plays bad, win. they plays can't bad. win. Well, That's... we've seen Ben beat a Ravens team with 180 passing yards. If Russ doesn't go out here and throw for 250 plus and multiple touchdowns and take care of the ball, right? They look terrible. Ben has yeah. had three interceptions in the game. Now they weren't all on him, but he had that, and they still were able to win. So I think. Almost that could potentially hurt Ben as well just because of that. But if they continue to win and they go, you know, 16 0 or 15 1 or something like that, he'll get a vote. Yeah, I I think not only will he, I think he'll have serious, you know, he'll be in serious contention for that. But he has to keep winning and he has to play more like what we saw this past game. Yeah. And not what we saw in these other games where he's technically, I mean, he's doing enough to win. He's playing well, but.
1: Just not the gaudy. Yeah, it's a difference between playing well and being MVP caliber. He, just not the, you know, four touchdowns and 300 yards passing right. every single game. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. And I think it is weird in a way that some people would would see what, you know, what the Seahawks have done in the last couple weeks, and, and that that adds to their case for Russell Wilson. I, I do get that. Let me ask you this, Motsi. Um, If we took quarterbacks out of the conversation, is there anybody you think deserves at least a nod in the MVP discussion? Because I have one guy. One non quarterback that he's not going to, f- he won't finish in the top five. He probably won't even get a vote, but I think he at least deserves some spin in the conversation.
2: Uh, honestly, off the top of my head, outside of Aaron Donald, maybe? Nah, I can't think of anyone on that level. And I don't even think he deserves to be in that conversation yeah. from my perspective, but no, uh, who you
1: have, man? Josh Jacobs. OK, I just that Raiders team, that offense, they go as he goes. Yeah, they do. Absolutely. They're a six and three team. They're in a playoff position. And again, I like I wouldn't have him top five right now or anything. Yeah. But I do think he's one of the few like I would point to the Raiders and say that's one of the few offenses in the NFL where the quarterback isn't the most important. It's maybe right. the only offense in the NFL where the quarterback isn't right. the most Cause, important. Because even
2: now with the Titans, I mean, Tannehill is proving right. now that right. he is uh, he, he is more viable than people had portrayed him to be. Um, I guess my only thing with Josh, Josh is, I mean, obviously he's balling out. We thought he balled out last year, but, I mean, we know how this thing goes when it <laughs> comes to awards. I mean, he got robbed last year yeah. to Kyler Murray. <laughs> yeah. uh, and people say, "Well, oh, it's not robbed. Kyler Murray is Kyler Murray. Like, no, no, no. Kyler Murray was not playing like this last year. No. Josh was looking like this last year. Correct. So... That that's the only thing with that man. We know how this thing ends. Yeah, we've been singing his praises for yeah, a long time. Without a doubt, man. I mean, as much as I would love for the, oh, yeah. you know, like I said, he's not even. Yeah. Gonna, he won't even get a vote. No, no different than Mike Evans. Uh, not Mike Evans. Michael Thomas and A. B. During their years, where they were offensive play of the years, 100%. like, yeah. should they or could they have been in a conversation for MVP? Without a certainly, doubt, certainly. Certainly. But we already knew. I mean, in terms of MVP, they're gonna make that a quarterback yeah. award, or at or or. You know, you have to have AP going for 2,000 yards type seasons yes. for, for, in order yes. for something like that to happen, man.
1: Keith, a good question here from Keith. Keith tweets, uh, So, outside of Ben and Terry Bradshaw eras, right, is there any receiver from the Steelers organization you think would have been a Hall of Famer if they would have played with Ben or Terry or a quarterback of their level? Yes, Keith, I got one. Oh, who you got? Yancey Thigpen. So who was his quarterback then? Was he a Maddox guy? He was, I think, would have been O'Donnell and Maddox. Yeah, let me look that up. He was my guy guy when I was We're growing up.
2: Yancy Dickman, he, was, cool dude, he man. was my guy
1: guy when I was growing up. Let's see here. Uh, he would have been ninety-one to two thousand. So he would have had a He would have had Neil O'Donnell. He would have had. I don't know if he would have had Tommy. Did you have, have quarters? Yeah, had, had Cordell. Had yeah. Cordell for a couple years. Um, but you look at his numbers. I mean, he got, let's see here. Oh, uh, Is there some type of West Virginia oh, connection here? There's not. No. Okay, He's just, just he was my biggest... favorite receiver when okay, I was a kid. Okay, was he had let's see. He had uh he had I mean, just a couple massive seasons in the mid 90s. Um, let's see here. Never had a double digit touchdown season, but had a had a seven touchdown season. Um, blah, 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 I'm trying to find. And he's
2: saying that he thinks would have been a
1: Hall of Famer or in yeah, that, that conversation, right? That's, that's tough. Oh, that's what I'm that's saying? That's tough. Hall I'm of like, Famer. Like, like,
2: to just be like a, a, a better receiver, sure. Like, I'm following, but I'm like, Hall of Famer? Right.
1: That's tough. I
2: don't know. <laughs>
1: that's that's... Like, it would have to be somebody from the 90s because, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, because everybody any... else played with Ben or, 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 or Terry. Terry. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Hmm. did he have a recommendation? We're
1: like, like no, with this he, question, he didn't throw he did anybody not, out but there? Keith, if you've got one that you're thinking. I would thinking, love to hear it, yeah. Because
0: hmm.
1: I'm like, hmm. from a receiver standpoint, Yancey is maybe probably Louie, the, Louis Lips, maybe? And he only had a seven-year NFL career, yeah. though, so that's not a that's that's not a very and long— And we're talking
2: about being a Hall of but, Famer-like. To right. be a Hall of Famer-like, I don't know if we you gotta had a guy ten, doing you that gotta time kick booty frame for ten yeah. years. Yeah, like, we, we talk about AB Maybe as like a future an pro is like, a better about, conversation. Because yeah, I'm like, think about what AB. We talk yeah, about him as true. a future Hall of Fame potentially, right?
1: And he and went crazy. He yeah, that's true. It's a and good it's call. like,
2: and we're still. Some people are still on the fence about him. I'm like, none of these other guys were even remotely in the ballpark of that.
1: Mm-hmm. No, that's a good point by you. That's a very good point by you. Um, Steel City Champs. Uh-oh, three questions. Oh. All, these, all these people are trying to, uh, uh-huh. they're trying to step like on it. me style. I, I like it like too, it. though. Uh, first one, do you see the offense being more effective with the run game this week? I, I don't know. At, at, at risk of sounding like a broken record, because I said this going into the Cowboys game and I said this going into the Bengals game, this is a defense that you could run the ball against, so I think so. I don't know, Muttsy. We'll see. I mean, they've faced some of the worst defenses in terms of statistically against
2: the run, and they still haven't been able to have success.
1: Cincinnati, Dallas, Jacksonville, three of the seven worst statistical defenses Mm -hmm. against the run.
2: I don't think it's going to be drastically improved this week. I do think we will see more of a uh, a focused effort on it, though. Meaning, these past couple of games we will see them flirt with trying to establish the run early on. And then once they have a couple of three-and-outs, they pretty much abandon it and just go to a pass-first offense where they're, you know, doing some of the quick game stuff, trying to, to, you know, just pseudo or, or substitute for the run. I think we won't see that as fast this week. But another thing I think will dictate whether or not we commit to the run or not is how fast we start. If we start fast and get us a lead early, get us a seven point or fourteen point lead early, I do think we will see more focus put on the run game and trying to run the ball. Sure. If it's a one-score game or it's tied up, you know, for, for a quarter or two quarters, you know, we can get to, sometimes we have a slower start. If it's one of those scenarios, then I definitely think we completely abandon it and go back to what we've been <laughs> seeing in terms of just Find a way to get out of the stadium. But if we if we can get a type of cushion, if we can get some type of cushion early on, I do think we'll see just more effort put into the run game. Some of the different things we've talked about with the shifts and motions, I think we'll see more of that. I think they're gonna realize, especially after watching the tape again, that the the thought of this old line being able to just blow guys off the line of the scrimmage, that has to be a thing of the past. Yeah. Because even dating back to Monday. last season, we, we could talk about last season where we really started to highlight the running game. We said, well, maybe it's because they're packing the box. That wasn't always the case even then. And now we're looking at it this year, and we're seeing very similar things in terms of these guys are just not winning up front. They do a great job protecting Ben in the pass game. They are, they are primed for that. They will protect. But when it comes to moving guys off the line of scrimmage and winning the line of scrimmage, I don't think they're capable of just lining up and blowing guys off anymore. You have to go more zone scheme. You have to go more misdirection schemes and stuff like that compared to your traditional, what we're used to with the Steelers is power running, right? That's right. That's what I mean. We talked about Le'Veon Bell. His style was so good because this old line, not only were they holding their blocks, but they were getting two, three yards of the defense's grass. And that ultimately allowed Le'Veon to be so patient. Right now, as soon as James gets the ball, he's typically having to dodge a defender or dodge an offensive lineman who's a yard or two back, you know, in the backfield. Mm-hmm. That's not the recipe for success when you're talking about running the ball for the Steelers right now with their personnel. Now, another thing that you could potentially that we might see is them use uh, McFarland more and just try to stay oh, perimeter yeah, I've been style i about that as well. You could potentially try that. I'm not a fan of the lateral stuff. But if you were going to do that, I'd rather you go lateral with McFarland than James and Benny because James and Benny aren't built for those style runs, even though I still feel that James is the best back on the team right now.
1: I, I think that's well stated by you. I uh, This is the week I feel like, right? If we're going to see more Anthony McFarland, it probably starts to happen this week. But, but who knows? I will say, though, post-game Sunday, uh, you and I talked about this on Monday. When Mike Tomlin was asked about the lack of the run game post game Sunday, he said, you know, so, and I'm not this is not a direct quote here, but you know something along the lines of we can give it to defenses however they want it, right? Like they were they were packing the box. Right. They were asking, you know, Ben to go out there and win the game when he hadn't practiced all week and and that's what we did. Um it'll be interesting to see that balance this week. And and I think Mike Tomlin was being honest when he said that on Sunday. I think he really did mean that. And then yesterday when he spoke, he did kind of say more critical things about the run game. Well, so it, I think on Sunday, right, he, he probably thought, okay, that's what we had to do to win that game, and that's what Cincinnati was giving us. You know, he goes back and watches the tape on Monday, and then well, he comes in on Tuesday, about. and all right, well, yeah. we need to start doing X, Y, and Z better.
2: Yeah, and that's what it's all about, and that's what we always say, you know, just as professionals, we're always big on watching the tape before we really critique and right. get into right. I mean, as much as people get mad and say, well, you're giving cookie-cutter answers on Sundays after the game – we can't factually speak on things that we didn't see. You seeing it in live action is going to be drastically different when you're able to see the whole picture from the film room. So for Coach T, in the moment, he probably felt that way. Like, yeah, man, we it, it was we gave it to him with whatever they needed. We gave it to him that way. But when you really look at the tape, you're like, the box wasn't always packed. They challenged Ben. Without a doubt, they did. But it was still some, some very favorable box counts. And they literally were just getting – More, I mean, the Bengals were more physical up front. It showed. It showed. The difference was we were able to create some of the splash downfield, and they couldn't stop our receivers. But they were more physical up front than us for four quarters, which was surprising to me because that typically has not been the case with this particular offensive line unit. But in the NFL, man, it's, it's week to week and it's year to year in terms of I don't care what you did last year. I don't care what you did two years ago or three years ago. You could have been the number one ranked offensive line unit three years ago. But now in 2020, I, I don't care about what you did then. What are you doing now? And yeah. right now, you're showing that you don't have the capability of blowing teams off the uh, – blowing D-lines off the ball and creating very, very favorable holes for this offense right now. I mean, it's times why I see James get the ball, and it's almost like he's anticipating who he has to dodge first instead of just let me get this ball and hit this hole right here. Like you could just see he he he's dialing it There's back a little bit because yeah. and, and rightfully so when when you don't know which defender's coming for you or who's gonna get blown up, and, and it's not just on your straight running plays, It's when they're trying to pull guys. It's when they're trying to pull two guys, whether you're going strong side, weak side, it doesn't matter. All of those guys across the line have had bad plays in the running mm-hmm. game. And this and it's it's crazy to think about that when you think about the talent that's up there.
1: Arthur Motes laying it down baby. No, you're absolutely right though. It, it it is it's it's kind of been a tale of two different stories in that regard. They've been fantastic in the pass protection of Big Ben. I mean, they keep seven clean, clean when it comes clean. To the pass. Yeah. And and that's what they're built for. Yes, without a doubt. But you, they, you you can see it. It's, they they were built for that in in 15 and in 16 and in 17 and in 18 as well too. They mm-hmm. were just more effective in the run game Absolutely. Than they they, they
2: were a very nasty physical yeah. bunch during those years. And we would see it. I mean, you would talk about, man, some of these holes that Le'Veon was running through with the patience that he had. Ramon That's Foster was just mauling storm. people. Absolutely. You would see Pouncey pulling around. DeCastro pulling around. They weren't pulling around and looking around to see, okay, did I make my block? Did I not make my block? Or, all right, I'm on the front side blocking. Did the puller make right, it around? Like, these right. times, you watch the tape right now, bro, it's times where a guy is pulling. And the guys who are on the front side that you're pulling to, you should never be looking anywhere. You should have your face you know, right in somebody's chin right, and, and just right. going to work. You and should these, be engaged with And someone. these guys are legit looking right, left, right, left, multiple times, not once, not a peek. Like, did he make it? Where is he at? I don't see him. I'm like, bro, go block somebody. Like, stop looking around. But that's the type of stuff that's showing up on tape. And it's not right, but James and the running backs have been criticized for. More importantly, James – but I think that's just because of the history of everything with James. Because sure. in the past you had the injuries, then you had some of the fumbles and stuff like that. But it's like, man, he—it's not even a James issue. When you're watching the tape, man, it's—it's it's the O line. They have to improve. Yeah, they have to. It's no different. In a couple weeks, when we were talking about the secondary and say, man, y'all are too good to be allowing, right? You know, Jeff Driscoll to, to carve you right. guys up, Gary Gilbert to carve you guys Darius up, Darius like, Slay to run y- free down the you're, field. You're too good for that same conversation with the O-line. Y'all are too good for the Cincinnati Bengals D-line to be manhandling y'all up front when it mm-hmm. pertains to the run game. Y'all are too good for that.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, that's where the encouragement comes in even more for me. Because like Mike Tomlin said, uh, the only thing perfect perfect about our team right now is our record. Uh, these guys can still get much better, and I think you've got to be encouraged by that if you're a Steeler fan. Uh me says, everyone's everyone's Steel. All these posers are trying to copy my style. I want my royalty checks. <laughs> uh, second question from Steel City Champs is, when's the next mass- mashup show with Tunch and Wolf? Ooh,
0: <laughs> Who we knows? We need to get back up there, Who man. knows,
1: but I'm sure it'll happen again before fun. this year's over for sure. And third one, growing up as a kid, Thundercats or Voltron? Ooh, I'm, I was Thundercat. Thundercat. Yeah, yeah. I was Thundercat guy. Uh, I'm with you too. All Voltron was cool, but I feel like Voltron, Voltron was, was cool. a little bit ahead of me though. It was. That's a little. You bit ahead I, mean? That's I feel like it That's a little. Yeah. Like, I
2: remember that vaguely, whereas I, I definitely. It's remember it's starting to come
1: back now it too. Is. I think, isn't it? But like, yeah, I, like I remember Netflix, Thundercats. I, so I definitely remember that, man. Yeah, for sure. I, I remember Thundercats vividly. Uh, oh. S- oh. What are you? Oh yeah. you were looking at the TV. I thought we had like breaking news or something. No, man, come yeah, on, on, man. I, I know. I, was, I know. You know. My bad. I know. That's on. No, that's on me. That's on me. Come <laughs> we on. T- we talking about Thundercats? And we're I can't get. Talking even about Thundercats. Like, I know. Jeez, Louise. Maybe come on, rookie. It was you we were looking at the TV. I, I thought something was going on. Here. I can't give you a no look. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, get those tweets in at Wes at the Fifty Two. The body. We got a bunch more here to get to. We'll also hear from Ben Roethlisberger. We will have a little best of the West, and we'll have our conversation about if you could throw a hail mary. To five guys. (laughs) What, how, <laughs> if you could throw a Hail Mary to five guys, you know, the burger shop, you know, what kind of Hail Mary would you, throw? If you Is, is this N- a religious five guys? Like, <laughs> wait, what type of burger is this we getting today, man? If you were an NFL quarterback, all right, and you had two seconds left on the clock and you were heaving the ball in the end zone, who are the top five guys you would want standing in the end zone trying to catch that ball? Moats and I will give you our list. Dylan Dylan and Dylan <laughs> Because he spits hot fire.
2: <laughs> there we go. Get back into pop culture, baby. I love it. Now now we're cooking. Now we're cooking. <laughs> it's stealing blitz on it. SNR.
0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold SNR. Arthur Motes
1: We've got a Very serious Development here On the show I'm looking at the Tweets here Uh oh all right. Uh-oh. And what rolls Into the inbox Wesley Euler's hair What We've officially Made it Wesley Euler's hair Is on the Twitter.com And did, no I did not Create about this to say, account is, Myself is, is this
2: your Kevin Durant <laughs> This your Burner account is Man my- <laughs> This is my you Kevin gotta Durant. ask sometimes. Like, is because I mean, it's my Kevin Durant moment. Uh, people got some burner accounts out there, and I know you. You do. I you have know, a burner
0: account.
1: You do. I never tweet from it though. It's just for me to check on the people that have blocked me on Twitter. Ah. ah. Okay. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I don't have a burner account to like chirp people. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. I'll tell you how I feel if it's the way I really feel. I just okay. have a burner account to see what the people who have blocked me see, on are See, I've always thought
2: about the whole burner account thing, but I just don't have the energy for it, man. I I I'm already like, hey, no, for sure. I, I barely use what I got right now. I don't need another account that I'm not gonna be diving into, man. So that's funny though. But man. you know me. I mean, there are, that there is are 40. yeah, I
1: know. Mama, we made it. Uh, right. You big time, big time, man. There are and you know what I'm gonna get to Wesley Euler's hair question here in just a Uh-oh. second. Um <laughs> I'm laughing so hard, I lost track. Oh, we were Dude, talking about you got your own... Burner, like, account. Burner yeah. account, that's what we were talking about. Um, Yeah, you know me. I, I, I'm I, pretty respectful on the social media. Yeah, but from time to time, I throw shots, particularly... <laughs> um, About it, the college football team and the college basketball team from the university located in the Oakland district of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I feel like anybody
2: from a Barstool affiliation, Uh, they they, they get some shots
1: sent their way. But you know what, honestly, like, I've been clear about this. I'm not a big Barstool fan. I I don't know, though. A couple times, you're right. I mean, I've tweeted about it a couple times. It's mainly, though, like, most of the people that have me blocked on Twitter are pit people. (laughs) (laughs) I could give you some names, some names that you would know, but I won't. We won't do that here on this program. It happens. Um, but yeah, I have but, a burner account that I never tweet from just to see what the people who are okay. blocking me are, are tweeting about.
2: So do you want to read this question? Because I got a question as well. But okay, if you Let me start read with, about yeah. Wesley Euler's hair. Yeah, give me his I, first.
1: Okay, um, Wesley Euler's hair tweets, why does it feel like the offense picks up when Ben starts doing it himself? I think a lot of Steelers fans feel like Ben should be the offensive coordinator because it always feels like Ben has to win despite the scheme. This is something you talked a little bit about mm-hmm. last week, but I think it bears repeating. Yeah, Professor so. Motes. <laughs> the thing is this.
2: Um, a lot of reasons why it works when Ben decides to go with a little bit of tempo and starts to call the calls himself is when you hurry up offense, your defense, you typically get them locked into one call. So we go into this game, we have a full gamut, right, 40 to 50 calls. But once you go hurry up offense, we pre- we pretty much have a two or three play playbook for that. And depending on how advanced your defense is, they might not be comfortable switching during the drive. So if you do your first play of hurry-up and it's cover three, all you have to do is continue to complete passes, and they're going to be in cover three every snap from then on. So if you're Benny, I mean, obviously he's a very savvy quarterback. He understands that, and you and he catches teams off guard. It's very similar to when Brady would speed up the tempo or man would speed up tempo. You catch teams off guard and you keep them locked into a call, and if you're one of these elite quarterbacks and you know this is the coverage before it even happens, you're going to carve it up. The problem is, if you tell him to do that for four quarters, as a defense, our rebuttal to that is, okay, well, now we're going to start adjusting our calls on the fly. Whether you go hand signals, which we did here in uh, Pittsburgh multiple times, we also did wristbands. And what that does is now you can't just say, I'm going to be in this call every time. We would blitz out of it. We would go to cover one. We would go to cover three. We're switching different calls and blitzes in in a a hurry-up situation. It's unheard of. But that's how you combat that. And – the reason why it continues to work is, as a defense, even if my coordinator is trying to communicate that to the sideline, he communicates that to the sideline, headset to headset, and then from there it's a hand signal to the rest of our guys, right? Now we're able to make that adjustment where Ben, He's not going to be able to see the same type of things as the coordinators are, who are on the sideline or up in the booth. Just the vantage point of the full field is different. So for Ben, he will eventually get tricked, and it will get he will get tricked more times than not. If you try to do that for four quarters, there's the reason why Mahomes, Brady, right. Manning, Breeze, none of those guys have done it for four quarters because it is very tough to do, and you would essentially have to be able to see the whole field. You would essentially have to know you know, the different coverages on the fly while making sure that your offense is lining up and doing what they're supposed to do because, remember, he's directing traffic on, on, with the shot clock. He's over mm-hmm. here like, hey, I want you to run this row, you run that row, we're going to set the protection here. That's a lot to do for four quarters. It's cool for a series where I can simply be like, hey, O-line, this is the protection I want you on the whole time. We're going to run out of empty. Situationally, it's cool. Kind of why two-minute drill works. Situationally, it works. Cool. But you try to do that fast-rake offense for four quarters. You try. We, we talked about Chip Kelly, right? That's a prime example. Remember with Chip Kelly, the the, the tempo, right? Oh example. man, the tempo, the tempo, the tempo. You just got to speed it up because that's essentially what Ben does, right? It's the tempo element of it, and these other quarters like his name, It's the tempo of it catches you off guard. But now, when you play against Chip Kelly for four quarters, and I know you're gonna try to come on here and hurry up offense me, well, now we're gonna formulate a plan, and, really well and you would see how much when they once he got caught up. Ugh. Oh, it was terrible.
1: It went from looking great to looking like a disaster, like like that.
2: So so <laughs> that's the biggest reason why is as much as it sounds like a great idea, oh Ben, Ben calls it himself. He has success. Let him do it the whole time. I, I, I equated to the Chip Kelly situation. I also equated to that that third down pass rusher. Okay, he only comes in on third down. Only comes in on obvious pass situations. And He lights it up. You're like, God, dog, this guy. He got ten sacks. He's a beast. And then you put him out there for four quarters, playing seventy snaps. So he has to play run, pass, draw, screen, drop in the coverage, rush sometimes. And then you're like, dang, he don't like the same player anymore. What happened? Because when when it's situationally, oh, you can excel when you have the answers and, and you know this team is pigeonholed. When they have the full gamut, that goes out the window, baby. You don't have that advantage anymore. So that's the biggest reason why it, it, they haven't done it and why if they were to try to do it, it's not going to end well, man. It's not going to end well.
1: And Arthur Motes would know. Oh, I love it. The professor laying it down. It's a good question, I mean, Like, it is a good question, it, it, and it, I, I completely understand people wondering that. No, no, and, sure.
2: and you should, but that's the biggest reason why it doesn't work. And then even – I mean, and at this level, too, because people say, well, it works at the college level. At the college level, we've all agreed that defenses at the collegiate level are behind. They don't have oh, the yeah. same level of personnel as use offenses. Man, offense, they get the plethora with the quarterbacks and the receivers. At the NFL level, the talent is equal across. You have elite-level defenders as well as offensive players, so you don't have this gap of, oh. And you've
1: got elite coaching minds yeah. on, on so, everywhere on staff.
2: And in college, if I tell an 18-year-old, hey, look, on these first two plays, we're playing cover three. On the third play, we're going to go to a zero blitz. And on the fourth play, if they get a first down, we're going to go back to a two-man. That kid isn't going to be able to grasp oh, that. Oh yeah, by the way, you just yeah. had biology class earlier right. that day. Not and to you've mention got history and, class, and, 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 and you're you got only Spanish getting, class. And at the collegiate level, where you only get an hour to two hours worth right. of meeting time. Right. It's not like the NFL. Where NFL man, we're spending ten a full, hours. It's a full work shift. Full every work shift right. Yeah. Every day. So the things that they're, the we're players, they're going to ask us to do, they're yeah. doing this and that. Like defensively, it's things that I can make an adjustment to in the play. That that I don't even have to worry about my coach telling me I've already corrected it myself. You don't get that at the collegiate level, you know. And, and those are some of the reasons as well why you really can't operate like that with just having the the quarterback call everything at the line of scrimmage and run just a whole bunch of tempo and let it go empty, empty, empty. It, it, it catches up to you. But right now they're just very one-dimensional. They've been getting away with it because just they're just better than the teams they played against. But we all can agree when the competition gets more balanced out. That's you. You're gonna have to be able to run that ball, man.
1: On Twitter at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The De Body. Now, uh, can I ask my question, you can. man? Yeah, I was gonna say before we go to break. I to say I wanted
2: to ask my question yeah,
1: here. Yeah. Okay. We got and don't worry if you've tweeted us, we'll get to you in the second hour. Yeah. We still got another hour of show here. Don't you worry. Because this is my thing, right? So recently
2: they have released some of the uh, odds for some of the uh, end of the year MVP awards, mm-hmm. rec- All Season Rookie of the Year, and stuff like
1: that. Yep. And Comeback right now, the year, all right now on Chase Claypool
2: awards. is one of the you know quote-unquote favorites or has really like super good odds yeah. of winning office rookie of the year whereas with Ben for MVP his odds aren't as good and I was thinking to myself I'm like well how could it be that Claypool has better odds than win office rookie of the year when even though he's been playing extremely well this season when I think of office rookie of the I think of like how what Joe Burrow has meant to the Bengals right he literally has changed the face of it he is the reason why they have any success offensively with Claypool, though, he still seems more of a complementary piece and at times it's debatable who's the number one receiver between right. him, Juju, and Deontay. Whereas with Ben, we know when Ben is out there, Ben is the reason why this offense has been able to be successful. Ben has been the reason why this team has went from 8-8 eight and eight a year ago and the offense looks atrocious to, you know, being one of the better teams in the league from an offensive standpoint. So to me it was just a little surprising that Ben – Still isn't yeah. you know, his odds aren't as great to win MVP compared to Claypool being office rookie of the year right now, man. It's just because I think like the impact
1: isn't it isn't equal. Sure. Um let me answer this in two ways for you, right? Okay. One from the practical on field way, like you just touched on, and another from from kind of the D gen perspective, right? Oh, here we go. Get a little D Gen action. Um, and let's start with that first, because that'll be quicker. It is surprising to me what you just laid out there in terms of the odds. But then again, always remember, right? That doesn't necessarily mean that's how they truly feel about it. Mm-hmm. They could just be trying to influence the money. Right, right. Um get some some uh offensive rookie of the year bets that aren't on Burrow or Herbert or mm-hmm. you know or Tua on one of the quarterbacks, you know, cuz I'm sure there's some Tua bets probably coming oh, yeah, in at this point, at this point now too. Um so maybe there's something to that with it. But in terms of their impact, I mean, I agree with you. I think the reason that Claypool is probably so high on there is because the seven touchdowns as a rookie just jump off the paper. Oh, man, it's crazy right now. And let's be fair, right? You and I know that while they do their homework, while they do their due diligence, a lot of times these odds makers, they're not watching every single second, every they're, single they're snap of every checking. game. They're, stat, they're stat, checking. stat checking. And so I would, I would think that, you know, from the X's and O's perspective, mm-hmm. that probably plays in it too because they're more stat checking because for a lot of those rookie of the year, offensive player of the year type awards... Quite simply, sometimes it's not as nuanced as like the Russell Wilson conversation Correct. that we had earlier in the show. They just look at the stat sheet and look at who lit it up and, OK, there's your guy. Mm. But that is that is interesting because I. Hmm. I would expect Chase Claypool to, to be on the radar. Certainly. I agree. Yeah, certainly. Um, but I would think that Burrow, I would think that Herbert are, are probably, a you know. And again, it's, it's just so hard to compete with the quarterbacks a lot of times with these awards. It is is because there is there anybody else like that we always... missing in this conversation? I feel like there's somebody obvious that for, I'm missing for what the rookies? Yeah, rookie of the well, uh, offensive J- rookie Justin of the year, Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson's a good he, one. He's another one. Yep. Um, Jerry Judy, I think he's in the
2: conversation yep, that's as well. A good one. Clyde, he he's falling off a little bit. Yeah. CD as well. He he's been down now definitely, that the uh, deck is down. So yeah, Let me I, look
1: here. Here's uh, I feel like
2: Herbert, Tua, Claypool, Jefferson, Oh, Tristan Wirfs. Yeah, but I feel like it's gonna be hard to give it to O for sure. James Robinson,
1: undrafted. No, I, I think, feel like that's a better story, but
2: they're not gonna yeah. give it to him. He, he, it's not notable, and he plays in Jacksonville. So,
1: okay, so my top five candidates, in no particular, I'd have to think yeah. about this, but my top five candidates right now would be, uh, would be Burrow, would be Herbert, would be Chase Claypool, Justin Jefferson, and Tristan Wirfs. I think those would be my top five candidates. Hmm. T hit. <sighs> T Higgins? I mean, I feel like T Higgins has been balling. But then, but but Burrow. I mean, Burrow. Burrow, Right, Burrow was going to get that credit. That's the only thing
2: with that. Right.
1: Yeah, and you know what? Chase Claypool seven touchdowns and receptions. He's got the two. Rushing touchdowns. So nine yes. total touchdowns for him. That's a lot of touchdowns. he's gonna he's gonna be in the he I keeps score he's gonna be in the conversation. He'll the whole mess way. Around.
2: He might end this thing around thirteen to fifteen total touchdowns. That's a
1: lot as a rookie. It's true. It is. That's a That's lot. A lot. <laughs> I mean Martavis Bryant had eight and we were all flipping our wigs.
2: think, think about when A B led the league in uh, touchdowns. He had what, fifteen, I think it was that season? Mm-hmm. Dude, that's that's incredible. Claypool a lot could have 13, man. 14,
1: 15 this year. Yeah, it, it really is insane. And I tell you what, if he puts up in the teens in terms of touchdowns. He's going to be getting some votes. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, one hour in the books, another hour to go. When we come back here, we'll tell you our top five Hail Mary targets. That's the best way to put it. Our top five Hail Mary targets. We'll get the more of your tweets. We'll have best of the West in the second hour of the show as well. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler, and you are listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio.
1: Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? Good well, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's marvelous, darling. Just bloody marvelous. There we
2: go. Taza.
1: now. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, hour number two, inside the electric factory. You know the drill. Keep those tweets rolling, and we'll get back to them in a few minutes. We will also— I, I do got a
2: bone to pick with you, though. Okay. I, I didn't. I personally didn't like your Wednesday energy right there on the, good afternoon, Steely Nation. How we doing? I mean, you was just like— Good afternoon, Still it, Nation. How we? Like, Listen, it's, it's a lot it's, more it's energy November, on it. I mean, like, like right. what are we, what are we it's, doing it's here? A,
1: it's a sunny but a cold I mean,
2: day. I mean, out you there. you made it sound like we want the only undefeated team in the NFL well, you anymore. Are the I mean, most like, true, to be dude, fair, what's going right? on
1: here? A little transparency. Uh-oh. I mean, this is the day that I have to do nine straight hours of radio. Oh, yeah, I already know I'm hip. So I am kind of trying to save my voice in a little no, way. No, no, smart man. And my voice is a little sore, too. So we're good. Just roll with it. <laughs> A little fun idea. You know, mozi and I were texting last night, as we do from time to time. And, and now, just, no, everybody's still talking about this Hail Mary, right? DeAndre Hopkins, the pictures, the everything going I, I, on. I
2: wasn't still talking about it. I tried, I tried was to flush it. He it, was seeking it, it, comfort.
1: Yeah, you're right.
2: I was over <laughs> here like, well, you know what? Now that I think about it, it was COVID because we had guys missing, two for the Bills. Like, it was a lot going on, man. Hey.
1: Listen, uh, you'll like my Best of the West rankings next segment, okay? I think they reflect how I truly feel about the Buffalo Bills. Oh, Lord. I'm nervous already. And I broke some rules that you and I have stated in the past. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Lord, I'm nervous. We'll get all to that right. in a all all little right. bit. We'll all get right. to that in a little bit. First, Arthur boats a real simple concept. Your top five Hail Mary targets... Of all time. So if you're a quarterback, if there's two yeah. seconds left in a game, five seconds left in a game. Who are we going to? And you've got to chuck one in the end zone. Who are the receivers that you would most want trying to pull that thing down? C- can I go first? How do, do we want to do like five and go back and forth? Do we want to each give our list and then we'll explain our logic behind it? How you want to do this? I was thinking we both give our list and then explain
2: why. Because I okay. think we will have some we'll carryover. And I don't for, want yeah. like... We I name him at one time. You name him this time. Now, did you do it in a, in a ranking of five to one? That's the real question. Yes, okay. Yes, yes. Perfect.
1: And I put him, you know, in order. My number one guy. Yeah, my, yeah Not just five. Dudes. Okay,
2: okay. So now, I guess we'll start with number five then, right? Because that's typically how we do this mm-hmm. thing. I mean, unless it's the Steelers because the Steelers are at the top. Right, you right know I mean? right. but this hell Mary, so we ain't tripping on that. All right. So for me. My fifth, since we got to go backwards here, five to one. The, this person right here is it, it's, it's close to my heart because it goes back to my collegiate days, all right? Ooh. The year is 2008. The stadium is in uh, the University of Villanova, okay? Ooh, it's a rainy day. Oh, I know where this is going. We're, we're not undefeated because we lost our opening game that year, but we had knocked off. We went like nine in a row. Okay, we're playing the Villanova Wildcats. And at the time, I mean, the game is – it's one of them drag outs slow. They take the air out the ball. We got an air-raid offense. They're slowing us down. And we're trilling. It's three seconds left on the clock, and we're down four points. And we're like, dang, man, we're sitting there right at the 50-yard line. And we all got that look like, is this this how it's going to end? Like, I mean, I won losses to Duke earlier in the year. Like, we're not worried about Duke. That's ACC. Like – you know what I mean? We, we're supposed to be taking care of business oh, here. I got
1: you. I got you.
2: And our quarterback at the time, I mean, he, he was in the, the running for the Waltz Payton, I mean, not uh, the um Player of the Year award for the FCS level. He rolls out. And it's raining now, so we're like, all right, we haven't been throwing the ball. It's been an ugly, game, ugly day. He chucks his thing up to the back and ends on my boy Bosco Williams. Catches it to <laughs> win the game. So for me, he's always going to be forever on any Hall, Hall Hail Mary list. He's a guy that I always want because he has personally got me out of a stadium. I've seen other people do it, but I actually got to live that. That, that, that felt good. <laughs> felt real good. He caught it on four defenders, too. Back in the end zone. I'll never forget it. He got a penalty because he threw the ball up in the air. But it was an awesome scenario, man, for us to be but able to win a game like players, that, you pull man. one
1: of those passes down, you can get a celebration. Oh, yeah, finally. without
2: a doubt. It, it, it was just epic. Nobody thought it was going to happen, man. So that's why he's at number five. At number four, I hope I don't butcher his name, but I got to go with uh, Gerard Phelan. Now, for those that don't know who Gerard Feeling is, he was a receiver that played for Boston College. With Doug. Oh, Flutie. I see
1: where you're going. With oh, these. Yeah. I oh like, yeah. I like see so, we look at this differently. I like this. <laughs> I love so, this actually. So,
2: so when we think about so I'm Flutie, like, where is he going here? So so think about Flutie and Flutie's magic, right? We know when Flutie had that 22 on his shit. 22 at quarterback, you know he's only good for Hail Marys and Janky stuff, all right? But he chucks that ball up. And my man Gerard, he he comes down with it, alright? One of the best. Hail Mary throws we've ever oh, seen. Iconic. So so if I can't go and pick my quarterbacks, I'm going to pick the receivers that were on the receiving end of said historic <laughs> Hail Mary passes, all right? So that's why I got Gerard <laughs> Phelan as my other, and he's my number four guy, okay? Doug
1: Flutie got a Heisman off a of one pass.
2: Hey, hey, it don't matter how, just matter how many. He has his Heisman, all right? It's some quarterbacks higher with no Heisman. He has a Heisman, all right? So we're going to roll with it. That's why he's number four. At number three, <laughs> goes by the name Rogers. And no, we're not talking that bad man Aaron. I'm talking about his cousin Richard. Richard Rogers. If you don't know who he is, the year's 2015.
1: I love this is a great history
2: lesson here for Motown. Green Bay Packers versus Detroit Lions in Detroit. Okay? My main man, Aaron Rodgers, that bad man, throws up one of them nasty Hail Marys that he's so accustomed to throwing. And Richard Rodgers is the guy who comes down with that pass, all right? I can't tell you what Richard Rodgers has done in his career outside of that catch, but that catch was enough to help them beat the Detroit Lions. I believe it was on Thanksgiving on top of that. It was the perfect play, man. I love it because Aaron Rodgers, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has a track record now. He done, he done connected on three of these things, man, in big-time ways, all right? But since I can't go with Aaron, I got to go with Richard here, all right? So that's why we're going Richard Rodgers at number three because, yeah, anybody that Aaron Rodgers throwing that rock to, I'm a fan of, all right? So that's why I have him at number three. Mm, I like it. At number two, I was debating. I was going back and forth for this. It hurt me. It hurt me to have this guy at number two because of my heart. He's my number one, but for this list, he's number two. It's Randy Boss. Ooh. Randy Moss is a bad man. We know Randy Moss, yes, but he'll he take the top off any defense. If it's even, he's leaving. If he puts that arm in the air, you know it's done. Now, we haven't seen him in the most, you know, we haven't seen a lot of Hail Mary situations right. from him, but right. we know when it comes to just jump balls, jump balls he does you that. Get you get Mossed. You get Moss. He, he, he has created a phrase that is, I mean, it's worldwide. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that will never leave. You will forever be Moss. 30 years from now. Moss. Still, yep. It, it, it just is what it is. So that's why I have him at number two because I mean Randy is is that guy. Interesting and, and me, for me, I, I'm a fan. I'm a big time Randy Moss fan. I loved oh, his we've, game. We've
1: laid this out, even baby. though it
2: hurt my heart because I, I I my love for him grew when I saw him cook my Cowboys on Thanksgiving his rookie year. After him saying he wanted to be a Cowboy and we passed on him, it crushed me. Mm-hmm. Crushed me. Mm-hmm. But still, he's number two on the list.
1: I I had a feeling he had to be on there somewhere. And I think we might all
2: agree on who number one is. People have tried to take his name, I've heard Mapletron, I've heard different Trons, but there's only one Tron, and that's Megatron, and no, I'm not talking about Transformers either, I'm talking about Calvin Johnson, I'm talking about the Originator, the Executioner, the original Don Dada, the original gangster. when it comes to hell, Mary Passes, That boy good. That boy real good. He would catch it on you, your mama, your cousin, and the dog that's sleeping in the back. That's what my man Calvin Johnson does. I've been in the stadium now. He ain't catching hell, Mary on me. But, man, we've had four defenders. I'm talking no exaggeration. Four defenders on him. And in the end zone, he catches it like it's nothing. Two in the front, two in the back. Stafford, I'm like, Stafford isn't even a good quarterback, but because of (laughs) Calvin Johnson, we talk about Stafford as if he was this top 10 guy his whole career. Oh, my goodness. But Calvin is that guy. Oh, yeah. We know with Calvin. And even when they don't want to give him the catch, he still makes the catch. It's always a catch when it's Calvin Johnson. Probably
1: the most just supremely freakishly talented wide receiver we've ever seen. No question, man. So that's why Calvin is my number one. So quick recap Mm -hmm. of my list. Did you have an honorable mention or anything or no? Just top five. I just went top okay. five. I ain't that. Just, have a just check it, Just check You know,
2: because I, I thought about going to the whole Fell Mary with the Seahawks, but then I'm like, I don't like those Seahawks receivers of that team, so I ain't even going to mention them in there, you know? Mm-hmm. But I got yeah. You. So, so, so just a quick recap Bosco Williams, my JMU brother, that got me out of I a stadium it. on a Hell Mary it. to keep the season alive. Keep it as the one seed. Doug Flutie, man. Not Doug Flutie, but the guy he threw it to. Gerard Feeling. Shout out to Gerard, man. You got that man a husband. I love it, baby. Boston College wide receiver. The back when, 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 when Flutie was number 22. All right? PC. Then after that, number three, I got to go with Richard Rogers. It's not Aaron Rodgers' cousin, but I like to say it's because they got the same last name. And Aaron Rodgers threw him a Hail Mary, Motor City, Mu- uh, Motor City Miracle, Thanksgiving beautiful. 2015. It was, it was beautiful. And then from there, man, number two, got to go with Randy Moss, baby. He's always open, baby, always, because he will moss you. And then at the number one, Calvin Megatron Johnson.
1: I like it. We got some similarities on our list. We got some differences. See, I love how Motes went with this, and this is the duality of man Mm -hmm. here. Motes went very practical. I went very hypothetical, and that's kind of us on the show in a nutshell here. So, you ready? Let's do it. Number five on my list. You see me and Julio down by the schoolyard. I mean, all those things that we kind of just touched on with Calvin (laughs) Johnson. Julio is, is just not quite to that level, right? But, but, but he's in the conversation. But though. he's in the conversation, yes. just freakishly athletic, can go up and get it. Um, we've seen him, not as much now that he's on the other, like he's starting to get much longer in the tooth. But man, if you can remember like five, six years ago, the way that Julio Jones and the way that AJ Green could go up mm-hmm. and make combat catches, like you it know, was the incredible. It used to
2: always frustrate me with uh, Julio, though. Hmm. And we talked about this when we were comparing him versus Michael Thomas and, um, and DeAndre Hopkins. For as great as he is at catching the ball and the combat catches he makes, he has the most, like, his drops are, like, the easiest. That is crazy. That's the part that always blew my mind with him. I'm like, (laughs) you see this dude catch some just outlandish one hand and then drop a wide-open bread basket, nobody around him. Like, it's crazy to me.
1: It is absolutely, absolutely crazy, Arthur Motes. But Julio Jones— I want that guy on my side if I'm if I'm throwing one up in the end zone. He's number five. Number four. This is my surprising one. This might shock you, Arthur Motes. But I was thinking about this, right? oh. Guys who just I remember going up and getting the ball. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Go, number go Four on them. my list. Tony Gonzalez.
0: Ooh. Oh, well, he got that basketball background you too. Like Absolutely. like that. He's got the
1: basketball background. Absolutely. He's six foot five. I did a little digging, Arthur Motes. Uh, you know, as a tight end in 2004, he led the league in receptions. Uh huh. He was you know, a beast. He, you, yeah, he, he liked that. You know, as a tight end, four times in his career he had over a thousand yards receiving, mm-hmm. and man, he got close like seven other times. Oh yeah. 111 touchdowns in his career. and these are all just regular season numbers right, too. Right. I'm not even including the seven playoff games that he played. Moats mentioned the back uh, the basketball background. He was kind of the guy who started really to started dunking. the yeah. dunking on the uh, goalpost. And wasn't like and had, it wasn't even like
2: he had crazy quarterbacks either. Like, exactly. That was the part that always blew exactly. my I'm like, he ain't playing with these these elite of elite quarterbacks. He's my surprise <laughs> pick, Tony
1: Gonzalez, number four. I love four. that,
2: man. That's awesome. I love number that Number three,
1: pick. I'm surprised uh, this guy wasn't on Mozi's list. But with how he did his list, I, I get it. Uh, I got T.O., number three. Yeah, we can't go wrong with T.O. Combat catches, catches in the tough areas, a guy who... You know, it wasn't quite a Hail Mary, but we all remember that catch that he made against the Packers, against Brett Favre, to hold on to that football, getting crushed by two dudes. Dude, he got smashed on that play. We we all remember how great he was in the Super Bowl with a broken foot. Like, for for all the the stuff that came with T.O., he was a guy that consistently rose to the occasion in the big moments. The only reason
2: why I didn't have him up there, it was similar to, like, Julio. We know with T.O., yeah. he was a high drop guy. He was gonna be a double. He was gonna catch you a crazy amount of passes with the
1: details. Yes,
2: and that was my thing. I'm just like, I know he's gonna show up, but I, just the thought of what if this is the time? Right. What right. if this is the what one? Because I've what? seen it too many. If this is the one, I would absolutely lose my mind. <laughs> so that's the only reason why.
1: <laughs> And then here's where it gets interesting. Oh, oh, oh! here we go, here we go. Same two as Arthur Motes, but in separate order. I got Mm. Calvin Johnson, too, and I got Randy Moss, number one. I love it, I love it. Here was the difference to me. I agree with everything that Arthur Motes said. Calvin Johnson, I mean, is just that dude. No question. But there is only one wide receiver who has terminology named after him for going up and picking the ball off your noggin, and it's the best who ever was from Rand, West Virginia. No lies detected. Randy Moss, and then I did have an honorable mention, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, because because we just saw it. <laughs> He's really good too. Listen, I wanted to put him on my list, and I, it, just the thought of
2: typing his name again after seeing it, I, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm trying to turn over a new leaf. Oh, I got you. I, I, I've allowed the comfort that I seeked when it happened to 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 leave. I, I'm moving on. Moving <laughs> we're, we're, we're on. On to so who we got next? On to on Jacksonville. And, for, on Jacksonville. For, and I don't even know who the Bills got this week. but who, No, they're on the bye week this week. So on to say, the bye yeah, week. I thought they on, on to on, the yeah, bye yeah, week. So, so that's, that's my the mentality right now, man. Stress free, man. Gosh, I, I, just, I can't go down that path yeah, again. Yeah, so I got
1: five Julio, four off the board with Tony Gonzalez, three TO, two Calvin Johnson, and one Randy Moss. Uh, if you want to tweet us yours or any other questions, comments, concerns, reactions on Twitter at Wesley Uller, at the body 52. The body. We'll do a little best of the West and get back into your reaction. On the other side He's Arthur Moats. I'm Wesley Euler You're listening to Steelers Blitz On
0: SNR This is the Steelers Blitz With Wesley Euler And Arthur Moats On your 24-7 home Of the black and gold SNR I used to live downtown, 129 Street.
1: Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. it's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. A little Best of the West Wednesday here. Simple concept, right? Just our power rankings like everybody does. If you're in this business, you are required by law to do your NFL power rankings every week. And if you don't, the sports content gods will smite you down. (gasps) So who are we to deny the sacrifice, right? Unfortunately, I guess I don't have a choice, huh? And are uh, we uh, starting uh, from the back here like we normally do? Arthur Motz, Yeah, this is my. I was about to say, this is you. This ain't me. This is me. I don't let you wind me up on Best of the West Come Wednesdays. Come on now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> act, act like you've been here before. Act like you've been here.
1: All right, so let's start at the back of the list here, right? Because we build up to the drama of where are the Pittsburgh Steelers ranked. Number 10 on my list. Motes, I think the lowest I've had them all year. The Seattle Seahawks. Mm. I, don't get me wrong. I still think they're a good team yeah. and I obviously I I may if you've listened to the show for more than 15 minutes in the past you know I'm a big Russell Wilson fan. But like you pointed out when he does not have a AA+ game man they it's not even that they don't win like they don't have much of a shot they just it's look bad. it looks bad. Um and they again they got plenty of time they could turn it around it could be you know these are just their worst couple weeks of the season and they and they start improving going forward but this is a week to week thing. I got Seattle at number 10 right now. Number 9 at the Arizona Cardinals. Mm. Fortunate to get that one against Buffalo, but hey, like my man Cheers. Arthur Moats says, they don't ask how, they ask how many. Uh, very unfortunate. Um, we were worried about this team in terms of keeping their momentum going when they lost Chandler Jones, but they have been able um, to still score a lot of points. They're playing stoutly on defense. Um, and Kyler Murray, man, he looks legit. He looks legit. I've got the Cardinals at number nine. Number eight, I got the LA Rams. Quietly. Real quiet. I mean, maybe the best defense in the NFL with the Steelers. Uh, I mean, like, they are playing well, so well. And, and Ra- Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald are doing Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald things, and everybody else is taking care of business around them. Um, Jared Goff, right? He doesn't look like a future Hall of Famer, but he looks more like he did two years ago yes. when he led that team to yes, the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Um, the, and and Sean McVeigh, you guys know he he, he there's a reason Boy, that he was hired as a, as a head coach at age 34. I mean, he is he's a good head coach. I got the Rams at number 8 at number 7. This is where I think Arthur Moats will like this, uh, but I am going against kind of some of the logic that we've laid out on this segment before. I got the Bills at number 7. Okay. And I know we've talked about this, you know, how like when I had Seattle ahead of Buffalo after Buffalo, but you know, how are you going to have you got to have the team ahead of right? Don't do the whole AP poll thing where, you know, we're going to vote uh Penn State ahead of uh Wisconsin even right. though Wisconsin beat Penn State, right? Like But Motes if, if, if Buffalo plays Arizona 10 times, I think they win that game.
2: I mean, people forget. Dude, more than, they, they more than half the They scored go-ahead
1: touchdown with no. 30 seconds. We thought it was done. And they also blew a 14-point lead. That's something yeah. they're not going to do very often. So very kudos true. to the Cardinals for hanging in that one. And
2: the fact they have four people missing, right. starters on offense and defense right.
1: due to the COVID list and stuff as well. Credit to the Cardinals for hanging in there when they could have packed that one away. Credit to, to DeAndre Hopkins for coming down with that ball at the end. I've still got Buffalo higher, though. I've got them at 7. Number 6, i got the Baltimore Ravens. Another one, kind of like Seattle. I think they've, they've certainly got some vertical mobility here. Mm-hmm. They're just not playing good football right now. And this is a week-to-week thing. And I like the teams that I've got in front of uh, the Ravens a little bit more right now. Number five, the Packers. Another one. Peculiar. Like, it's just really weird. Like, when they play well... They can beat anybody. They play really well, yes. The, the whole NFC is kind of like that. Right? I feel the same way about the Bucs and the Saints, who I have at four and three. I've got the Saints at three. I've got the Bucs at four because the Saints beat the Bucs twice this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I will follow my logic on that one and put <laughs> New Orleans ahead of Tampa Bay. So Packers five, Bucks four, Saints three. I think all those three teams are good. Mm. I think all those three teams are contenders, but I don't think they're contenders like the Steelers and the Chiefs are. Okay. Like I, like I, I just don't. I think right now the Chiefs and the Steelers are the two cream of the crop yes, of the NFL. it's them
2: and then everyone else. And
1: then there's that yeah. next tier of teams that, again, I would still say are contenders, but not on the same level as the Chiefs. and like, yes. The Saints are contenders, the Bucs are contenders, the Packers, the Ravens, I think Buffalo, but not on the same level as the Chiefs and the Steelers. And, I mean, I don't even need to do the drum roll drama thing, right? I got the Steelers at two and I got the Chiefs at one. That's okay. That's fine. It's only week 10 or 11, whatever it is now. Uh, the Chiefs have to play the Buccaneers next week, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, the Chiefs lose to Tampa Bay. You know what? Steelers will be climbing that mountain, baby. Um, as long as the
2: Steelers win there, right? Because if the Steelers well, lose to the Ravens,
1: that's, that's, a <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good point. But I'm still going Chiefs. I'm still going Chiefs one. I'm still going Steelers two. Uh, ben Roethlisberger has been great, folks. But Patrick Mahomes is averaging three hundred yards per game. Jeez. Uh, ben is what, twenty four and four on the season for touchdown yeah. interceptions? Mahomes is twenty two and one. So uh, there there's a lot of similarities between those two teams. Very close. Like I said, they are the two class of the NFL to yeah. me right now. But I go Chiefs one Steelers two. So what's your quick recap? Uh, honorable mentions Raiders, Colts, Dolphins, Titans, and then at number 10, Seattle, 9, Cardinals, 8, Rams, 7, Buffalo, 6, Baltimore, 5, Green Bay, 4, Tampa Bay, 3, New Orleans, 2, Pittsburgh, and number 1, those Kansas City Chiefs.
2: All right. So for me, man, at 10, I have the Seahawks as well. I think you had them at 10. Yeah, you said 10. Yep. You have the Seahawks at 10. Um, they're. I mean, when Russell Wilson is good, they're good. Well, when he's not good or average, they look like that. And this is kind of what we thought would be the case with them. They are going to go as he goes. So right now, I mean, they're they're going through a down phase. These past two games, I mean, the Bills set the blueprint, and now we saw, like I said, back-to-back weeks now. But look to them to, to bounce back, man. They're going to have a tough one on Thursday night, I tell you that, because the Cardinals, that's not an easy matchup for them. But ultimately, I think that that's one that they should win. But I have them at 10. And number nine, I got the Tennessee Titans here, man. And it's the thing. I know they just lost to the Colts. The Colts, to me, are still a weird team, though, in terms of some weeks they look good, some weeks they look not good. <laughs> not good, not good, not good. You know, it's just weird. worse with the Titans, I think, man, they're going to be fine. Their recipe is still good. For them, man, that, that loss to the Bengals – was big turnovers in the red zone. Mm -hmm. That was uncharacteristic because we talked about the Titans typically protect the ball and they do a good job of creating turnovers. That Bengals game, they just, I mean, every time in the red zone, they allowed themselves to to stall out and, and, create adversity for themselves, they wasn't needed. So that's why I still have them at nine. I think they're going to be fine. And number eight, I got the Rams, man. I think that they are they are starting to, to, to turn the corner a little bit, man.
1: They're, they're quiet, under the radar, good football and, and team. And that's
2: the thing, too, that's surprising. Like, typically, the Rams weren't an under-the-radar team because of the success they had when they got there and all the hype around them. Then
1: last year, kind of. Right, but yeah. last
2: year and now it's like... I mean, like, they were seven and
1: 9 last year. It's not, it's not like they was, were like, a they disaster. Were yeah. yeah.
2: But people have definitely forgotten about them and I think that's helped them out a lot them not being in the spotlight yeah. them just being able to just prepare and go to work and that's why I have them at number eight at number seven I got the Packers depending on which day you're talking to them right or are we getting Packers from this week we get Packers two weeks ago like, a Peculiar. you team. just never know yeah. offensively defensively I mean just watching them on tape against the Jaguars you could just see the different Packer teams show up some points they look dominant they would move the ball up and down the field then you see turnovers. You're like, why are you turning the ball over? Then the defense will look good. Then the defense looked bad. And you're like, how's all this happening against this 1-7 at the time, Jacksonville Jaguars team? But the Packers still, they found a way to get it done. And like I said, even though with them being inconsistent, they're still a good team. So that's why I have them at number seven. And number six, I broke the rule too. Let's go Buffalo. <laughs> all right? So, yes, I got my bills. At number six, man, I understand that they lost to the Cardinals, but, man, that was a fluky Hail Mary. And, listen, it's the reason why the Hail Mary only works once in a blue moon and why it gets talked about so much because that does not happen. You could play that play ten times. That's going to be maybe the one or two times at best that scenario happens like that. The Bills were the better team for four quarters. If they play it again, I'm not worried about that. So that's why I still have the Bills at six. They'll be on the bye week. Was a lot of adversity that played into that with the COVID, and at least with the Steelers as pertaining to COVID. Ours was it happened early in the week, and our guys came back. With the Bills, it happened on Thursday, I want to say Thursday-Friday time frame, and literally it was, oh, okay, these guys won't even play. You're trying to formulate a plan without even having the proper practice, where at least in Pittsburgh they had contingencies if these guys weren't going to be able to play. So that's why I have them at six. And number five, I got the Buccaneers, man. I think that the Bucks will be a lot better I do think them bringing in A.B. has thrown their, their system off a tad bit. We saw that more so with the Saints. They looked a lot better that, that next game against the Panthers, but they still look like they're trying to all get on the same page now. So until that happens, they're going to be in this range where you see them play really good sometimes and then look really bad or, or not on the same page at times. But that's why they're at five. And number four, I got the Baltimore Ratbirds. Ay, I do, I do, I do, ooh. I mean, listen, the, the way the Patriots were able to slow that game down with the rain and stuff like that, I look at this, great job by Belichick, both on the field and with the elements. I don't care what Dude, y'all say. In the y- locker y'all room. not going to tell me Belichick wasn't a, a part of that rainstorm and how it just casually ended, conveniently ended, right at the end.
1: Five minutes after kickoff. Like, 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 like I,
2: I just don't know, all right? After
1: the end of the game. You know. I mean, yeah.
2: so, so for me, I, I'm just like, look, I ain't going to hold that against you, Baltimore, okay? I still know y'all are capable of winning games. I'm still a believer in Lamar Jackson. And even with that being said, I mean, their record speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, we're talking about them as if they've fall, falling off a cliff. If anything, that makes me more nervous because I like them having to be in the spotlight and having that pressure week in and week out to perform. When you take that pressure away and you instantly say, oh, this team isn't good anymore, that makes it so much easier on that team to operate now. I don't like that. Keep the pressure on them, keep talking about them as being a really good team. So then that way they'll continue to play tight and have to figure out, man, we, we, we can't do this. And we're gonna get everybody's best shot. I like it like that way, way, way better. And number three, recency bias. I'm going with the New Orleans Saints here. Can't help myself. They're playing man. good football. They they they, they are, man. they are gonna see Jameis
1: for a couple weeks, Boy, and,
2: and that was my only reason, but I said I was gonna keep the same age. Remember with the Niners, right? Mm-hmm. When the Niners had initially lost Garoppolo, Bosa, and being all those consistent. guys. I still had them in my top. I think they were number three at the time. I said, man, until I see something different. And then, remember, they went on the road. That or No, they hosted the Jets and smashed the Jets. And I was like, I saw that, and that looked good. But I also saw enough to say, all right, I'm going to move them off my list now. Right now with the Saints, I haven't seen any negative yet. We know Jameis is not like Jameis is some quarterback that has never played in the NFL. Didn't just
1: pluck him off the street, right? I mean, it, he it's throw not like five thousand yards it, last year. And,
2: and, and as much as people bring up the thirty picks, remember he still threw for thirty touchdowns and led the league in passing yards. Yes, you can't say one without the other. So when it comes to backup quarterbacks in this league, you will be very hard pressed to find one that you're going to make
1: me believe is better than Jameis. I mean, maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick, just in the sense of like if I had to pick one for yeah. a game, you know what I mean? Absolutely, but not long term. I'd rather have Jameis long term. Very than, true. Than and, and even
2: it fits I don't view him as a backup I view him as a fringe starter almost like a a stopgap for he's enough that he can win you games but he's not your franchise quarterback when I think of backups I'm thinking of Mason Matt Moore we talk about Ryan Dobbs Finley Finley. We, we can go down these lists of these different quarterbacks Case Keenum like these are historically backup quarterbacks Jameis isn't like that so that's why for me I still have a lot more confidence in the Saints then at number two No drum roll needed, baby. I got the Kansas City Chiefs. All right? So, listen, I understand we will talk numbers. I understand we could talk eyeball tests. I understand all this other hoopla about the Chiefs. And it's cool. It's 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 all well and good. But at the end of the day, in the year of 2020, the year of our Lord. Between the Stills and the Chiefs, I've seen, I've witnessed one team taste their own blood. Now, you can get whatever excuse you want. Oh, man, they took the Raiders for granted. No, they, they were, lost, they were they bored. They no, 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 no. the Raiders. Yeah, I was going to you, say, you taste There's your no blood. excuses for that. I saw you. I saw you. And it wasn't like the Raiders were undefeated at the time either. Uh-huh. The Raiders had just got beat by the Bills. The Raiders had been beat, I think, twice already in the season. So, for me, that's why I have the Chiefs there. Whereas the Stills, my biggest knock on the Stills was when you're playing against lesser competition, You need to make it look that way. The reason last week I had them at number two is because they didn't look like the Cowboys were lesser. They're like the Cowboys were equal. We had Garrett Gilbert looking like an all-pro. That offended me. Now, they bounced back this week, handled business against Cincinnati, 0 for 13 on third downs. I mean, made Burrow look human. I thoroughly enjoyed it, so for me, that's why. And not only did they do that, but they executed in all three phases. We saw big-time plays in the return game, both forcing fumbles, creating a turnover, and having a long return. We saw defensively create turnovers, have the big-time hostile environment. We saw offensively create splash, score touchdowns. That's why, for me, I have them as the number one team this week. Now, they got to keep it going. You go out here and lay an egg versus Jacksonville, or it's a close and ugly game versus Jacksonville, I, I, I might change my mind. But right now, still is the number one. So quick recap, Seahawks at 10, Titans at 9, Rams at 8, Packers at 7, Bills at 6, Bucks at 5, Baltimore Ratbirds at 4, New Orleans Saints at 3, Kansas City Chiefs at 2, and your Pittsburgh Steelers at 1. And my honorable miss, I had the Raiders, the Colts, and the Cardinals And my honorable miss. I think all three of those teams... Are definitely in the mix. I personally think all three of those teams will make the playoffs yeah. this year as well with yeah. the extended format. It's just set up for them perfect in that standpoint. And honestly with the Colts, I mean, let's be real, they're they're more than likely I mean, they're in contention to win that division on top of it. They are. So that's why for me I'm like, man, they they I, I like what they're doing. And the Cardinals, the Cardinals are heating up. The Cardinals are gonna surprise some teams. They're they heating are. up right now, man.
1: They are for sure. Yeah. Good call by Arthur Motes, little best of the West on a Wednesday. Josh has beef with me on the twitter.com. Uh said bone to pick with Wesley Euler, always so high on the Chiefs. Uh they aren't undefeated. This is week to week. Steelers have to be number one until proven otherwise. Again, we you know, we could argue numbers versus eye test versus all that stuff versus loss versus no loss. If you want to talk until proven otherwise, I go back to I said this a few weeks ago, three, four weeks ago, when I think when we had Steelers number two for yeah. the first time. Uh-huh. Could you imagine that if the Steelers were the reigning Super Bowl champions? Oh, no question. If the Steelers had the best quarterback in the league who was in his mid-20s, and they had, what, 8-1? and one? Yeah. And people weren't saying they were the best team in the NFL? You guys tweet us about how Ben doesn't get respect. You guys tweet us about how Mike Tomlin people, doesn't people get respect. People
2: lose their
1: minds. If we were Chiefs Nation, right? And we're the one lost Super Bowl yes. champs with the best quarterback in the world in his prime, we would be so and, and honked the off. Too. What do you mean until proven otherwise? We're the champions well, until proven and otherwise. I, and, I and to me, say, that's the difference. One bad game in what? September? And yeah. the September is is not enough for me to to be proven otherwise with the Kansas City Chiefs. But again, well, it's wait, week eleven.
2: Well, and this too as
1: well. It
2: wasn't as if the 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 Raiders were a bum team. Don't get it twisted. I tell you, they're friends. Top ten. They start. I mean, they they are a good football team. So that's not a knock. And then also, when you talk about Patrick Mahomes, it's not even a debate. He's the best He quarterback in is the, the best quarterback. It's and not he's what, even 25 it's, years it's old. It's Not a debate like, at all. <laughs> imagine
1: if Ben was 25 years old, coming off an MVP year and a Super right. Bowl champion year. You're absolutely right, and, we man. Had, and someone, another team, ranked ahead of them just because the Steelers lost one time, we'd all be losing our minds. You're absolutely again, right. I, I, I agree with Arthur. Like I agree with Arthur Moats's logic as well, too. And like Josh here on Twitter, I'm not. If that's your logic, that's right, fine. Right. As long as you right.
2: understand, right. and everybody's logic is I'm different. just kind of like it differently. If we talk about MVP, some people's logic will right. be okay. The best player on the best team, right? Some is who's the most Russell valuable Wilson, because, player. Yeah, right, absolutely. Yes. No, so, so, yeah, without a doubt, man. It's and all about what fits the person's narrative.
1: For, for all of our Steelers fans out there, all right, who you want me to seek comfort and put the Steelers at number one, I'll say the same thing I've said for two straight weeks, and I truly believe this. This is the honest-to-God truth. I'm not lying to you. I look at the Kansas City Chiefs and I don't think they can get much better than they are right now. Mm-hmm. I watch the Pittsburgh Steelers play and I think they, they have, have another a ton level to of get to. Room. A ton All of room right, of so I, I keep using that term. The Steelers have much more vertical mobility to me than the Kansas City Chiefs do. So take that with a grain of salt as well. I believe in this team, I, 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 but week eleven right now. But, but I do I like at, how I you. The I, Chiefs
2: I, I do like how you specify vertical mobility you versus like best team because. We 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 will agree. It's the difference between you having a lot more room to improve 100%. versus you being the best team. Like, like I would probably <laughs> say the same
1: thing, right? Like the Seahawks have a lot of vertical mobility. Yes, but they're not in that conversation. No.
2: Even if they play their best and they live up to that, correct. they're still not going to be correct as good on paper as some of these like, other teams. The
1: Packers still have vertical mobility yes. because their yes. defense isn't as bad, or it shouldn't be at least as bad as it's correct. been over the last you know few, yep. over the last month or so. So again, if you want. You know, if you want to be angry at Wes, oh, he's got the Steelers number two and he's got the Chiefs one. If you want to be happy at Wes, I think the Steelers have much more room for improvement than Kansas City does. But keep those tweets coming in. Questions, comments, concerns, reaction, uh, because we will wrap with those on the other side. At Wesley Euler, at the Body 52 The Body. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, Steelers Blitz on SNR. Your grandma was sitting by the fire. My grandma told your grandma I'm going to set your flag on fire. Talking about
0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Moats on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. To the tweets
1: we go to wrap out the show, close out the show, wrap up the show. I go. combine wrap up and close out into wrap out. Close out the show, wrap Boy, up the play. show. We go to the Jeez. Twitter.com as always. Me. Who? Me. Why? Oh, Happy Wednesday, yo. That's what me says. Mm. Uh, three questions as always from me. Um, he attaches a picture of the Steelers' 2020 receiving numbers, okay? With mm, okay. the balance there. And says, with the style of offense we're playing, do you think any Steeler wide receiver surpasses 1,000 receiving yards or 15 touchdowns?
2: Fifteen touchdowns, I can see, and I yeah. think uh, Claypool, especially he's if the, we count the, the, the rushing touchdowns. Yeah, because he's at seven receiving, nine rushing as well, uh, or right. nine total. Right. The two
1: rushing. Yeah, yeah, yeah so
2: yeah. I think he he'll definitely be sure. in that conversation, barring any catastrophic like injury and stuff like that. Because he's on pace, and the way they're using him, when they get in the high red, we're talking about the. 20 to 30 yard line area he becomes even more of a focal point Mm -hmm. in the offense whether they're using him in reverses whether they're using him with some of the different passes and stuff like that but yeah i think he's definitely a a guy that could be in line for that
1: juju get a thousand yards
2: Close? where's he he sitting right now he's
1: at 516 right now close (sighs) i mean i want to say yes but i
2: i don't think so because of how they use juju yeah I they're think Deontay's going to continue to get more usage yeah. too going forward. And the thing is, with with Juju, they're using him to attack the the slot linebacker stuff like that. But those are all just ten to fifteen yarder plays at best. You're not seeing some of the downfield like daggers right. that that really get you into and
1: that that thousand yard conversation. If you look at what they're averaging per reception. Uh, Juju's the only one under ten yards. Yeah, Claypool's over fourteen. Deontay's eleven and a half. Ebron's over ten. Washington's eleven and a half. Juju nine and a half. So yeah. y- that, you're, you're seeing that play out. Yeah, uh, I think Claypool's got a good chance to hit fifteen TDs. I think Juju will get close to a thousand, but I don't know about surpassing it. Um, second question from me here: How disorganized is your garage or basement? Actually, for me, I'm like super OCD. Dude, me too. Yeah, my, same here. Mine for- is
2: like perfectly organized even Same even here. like where the junk goes like the oh we don't really have a space for it, even that has to be organized like i was i was very fortunate me and my wife we're very similar in that standpoint yeah. the only thing we disagree on when it comes to cleanliness is this this junk drawer <laughs> so she's a believer in junk drawers like so she has like one in the kitchen yep. and it drives me nuts like i've cleaned it 10 times <laughs> and it just magically gets back junky and it's like Oh, I'm trying to look for something. I can't find it. I'm always telling them like, well, you know, y'all be able to find it if you just kept it organized. Like Mm -hmm. how organized it last time? Mm -hmm. I even put a little organizer tray in there and everything. But she feels like a junk drawer is like mandatory. And apparently a lot of people on social media think so as well. Oh, for sure. I even did a poll. It was nuts.
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah, my garage basement, not uh, very disorganized because the garage is quite often where I end up smoking meats as well, too. So I got a nice little setup in there. Not during not during the summertime, all right? Okay, I, okay, okay. this time of year when the yes. weather gets colder. and you I know, didn't even think about that. Yeah, I thought you mm. still would go outside for the, for, the, for the action. No, because then you'd be burning up too many... It gets co- so cold and it burns pellets faster. Ah, uh, I mean, okay, you can, okay. but I just... Okay. You yeah, working smarter than i hard to be more efficient there. Listen, I'm seeking there. comfort, all right? I'm I trying like to be it. in the
2: garage away from all that wind. See, for me, man, I be like, man, I'm putting my big coat on. I get to turn my music up, and that's yeah. like my me time. So, yeah. yeah.
1: And, uh, like, it's different for us, too. Like, our basement is upstairs, if that makes oh, sense. Like, we've got okay, one of those. Okay. So, the, gotcha. our basement is like my, my, like my man cave, right? Gotcha. Like, Morgan calls it the dude loft. <laughs> and so, like, I've got all my sports memorabilia and my TVs and my Xbox and all that. So, yeah, not disorganized at all, loft. me. <laughs> I like that. I, I also... Too much, like I'm whatever the opposite of a pack rat is. That's what I am. Yeah. I throw things away at nauseum. Yes. Yeah, and and my wife and I too. You know, we've been married for four years now, um, and we've been back in Pittsburgh for a little over two years. But mm-hmm. the first two years of our marriage, I mean, we went from uh, Ohio to New Jersey to Philly to Pittsburgh. We moved a lot, mm. and I threw a lot of stuff away every time we moved because yeah. I'm just not a pack rat. Now me, if you asked about my closet get a little disorganized there, but that wasn't the question.
2: Sorry. All right. I'm to think, I don't think I have anything that's disorganized, like whether it's shoes, whether it's my glove well, I know box. Well, your shoes
1: aren't disorganized. E-
2: even my glove box, like in the car. Oh, me too.
1: I just like, perfectly like i know my here.
2: license is but registration that's, that's like, because that's insurance
1: like everything that's is, how you start a favorable interaction with police absolutely well, that's how it started yeah, yeah i mean yeah. My, my uncle who's yeah, a police officer has right. told me that as soon as i got my license like if you're if you open your glove compartment and it's just a mess yeah. like that's a first bad impression like if you absolutely. have your you know your everything let, registration and, 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 all and, that and for me ready to go yeah for me
2: i was like i didn't feel like i was gonna ever get that luxury of oh it's in here let me look it's like, no, nah, you're moving too much. Where are your hands at? So that's why for me it was like, that's always perfect. But everything, I, I don't know why. I'm just like, even my bag. Like, if you look yeah. at my bags, it's like perfectly
1: organized.
2: Yeah, I, I, I love it, OCD but it, it sucks sometimes. Yeah, super OCD, bro. Uh,
1: Me asks, Pearl Jam or Stone Temple Pilots? Uh, I'm going to go Pearl Jam. Yeah, I'll I think Pearl I would jam. too. Um, Who's your favorite 90s band? <sighs>
2: Favorite 90s, band? or just you know, like, no, no, no I'm with you. Um, of them. I mean, technically, they're not 90s, you know, I'm a Stones guy, but they're not in yeah. the 90s, so that's my only no, problem. I so, so I'm mean. trying to think from the 90s, I know 90s, you're more of like a 70s, yeah, era yeah like that's that's my group. If like, I had to think 90s, um, I would probably go not even Blink 182.
1: I'll probably, I like Blink 182, but I don't think they'd a, be top they they'd yeah, be top I, 10. but I'm, not either, top. I'm either
2: going Linkin Park or, or um. That's Maroon Five. That's a good. Because like me and my mom, oh, we always rock with Maroon Five. Like I God like damn. that. So I'll probably go one of those two, man. What about you?
1: Uh, you know, you know that Oasis is my favorite '90s band. Yeah. Um, but man, I really like Weezer. I really liked Green Day. Mm, yeah, uh, Green Day was good. Foo Fighters.
2: Foo Fighters, yeah. Nirvana.
1: Yeah. Oh, you know you one see, that we didn't mention. Like
2: is Nirvana? They, I guess they are considered '90s. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, Red Hot Chili Peppers. See, for me, I always look
2: at Red Hot Chili Peppers as like the more alternative version to Maroon 5 where Maroon is going to be like
0: oh it's just a little
2: more you know fluffy like, like, it's going gonna, it's, it's
1: gonna to push a little
2: bit more that's all
1: oh you wow wow Arthur uh, Motes Ryan says here uh, one question for each of us for Arthur Motes your favorite play formation concept play formation and he did like a high so I think he means either play or formation or concept yeah
2: well for me I got two uh, number one is the annexation of Puerto Rico <laughs> Anybody that's watched the Little Giants, the annexation of Puerto Rico is my all-time favorite play because it is the center sneak, the fumble ruski. That's what it is, the fumble ruski. Great, you you need to have great personnel because you have to have somebody to influence the defense, right? Becky the icebox, she's the great person in terms of influencing defense. Number two, you gotta have the smoke and mirrors element of it, and you have to have elite ball handling. And that that is all about the want to and desire. I need to see you want to get in that end zone, and you get all those elements with. The annexation of Puerto Rico. Okay, so that's why that's my my, my first play. Then my second one, I'm not going to lie, I love the zero blitz. I love just, Ooh, hey, yeah. I'm going to bring more than you have. My corners are going to hold up for just three seconds because that's all I need. And I want my free hitter to get after that quarterback. So for me, I'm a zero blitz guy. I love just because you could use it in red zone situation to force the action. I love it in the game scenarios when you're talking Hail Marys. I love to, to – I want to bring pressure to, to not allow – Kyler Murray, to be able to roll out and have all that time. If I could bring that pressure and get you down right now or make you have to throw that pass in the pocket a little bit sped up before the receivers get into the end zone, I love those type of scenarios like that, man.
1: I like it. Uh, For Wes, what position would you want to play if you played in the NFL? Oh, baby, the same one Arthur Motes played. Hey, now. Uh, And, yeah, when I I played football in middle school in my first couple years of high school, uh, before I really started to focus on hockey, I was a tight end and an outside linebacker uh tight end too much blocking too right? much blocking. and i want to if i'm playing in the nfl i want to hunt and not be hunted so i definitely want to be on the uh defensive side of the football i guess i No
2: rock no block that was my rule when i, I had to g- play offense man
1: i guess i'd go i guess i'd go i could go uh like off ball linebacker too you know I, I could be gary bertier or julius campbell you know i could go strong side <laughs> or left side I mean, it doesn't matter to me but yeah i'd like to be like a tj watt like a bud oh, Dupree. Like I'd, I'd like to be an outside linebacker and just hey, hunt Funny quarterbacks, thing you said it
2: though like you know, obviously my crowd play played both, you know, and I felt like I played at a high level at both. But... I never enjoyed inside the way I enjoy outside. It's something about like when I'm, just, I'm off the edge like man, I just, that's that's my vibe like it's cool being alive, it's cool being inside, but it's something about going to get after that quarterback and get that sack, <laughs> man how you dance, it, it just touches oh, yeah. the soul
1: uh, Cuban Dan says Motes, thanks for repeating yourself on the hurry up offense questions. I'd say there's a good chance we'll have the same question again next week uh, but true, my man. question is can teams anticipate that coming up, like knowing that the Steelers are going to do that at some point with Ben and practice to defend it
2: if I'm a coordinator and I'm preparing for the Steelers I'm going to have two contingencies for when Ben decides to go hurry up because we're seeing him expand (laughs) and doing a lot more so my two contingencies is this if I feel I have a a veteran at inside he doesn't have to be an older guy but just a guy that I'm comfortable with then I'm going to give him the green light I'll give him a list of five calls And I'm going to ask him to, hey, when we're in practice, we're going to go through these scenarios where I'm not going to tell you we're going to hurry up. It's just going to happen. And I want to see how you operate in those calls. I might hand signal something into you, but I want to see of these five calls, it doesn't even have to be the best call. Just get us in a different look. Because a lot of times it's not like we're gashing teams downfield. It's more so of just you can't stop the bleeding and the, the yards just pile up that way. So I might see, okay, you got the freedom now. You go cover two here. Let me see you get to cover three. All right, go cover three to give me this blitz. Now the only thing you have to worry about is these blitzes have to be out of sub package. As long as the sub package blitz, I don't care if you call it a nickel fire zone or a safety blitz, but it has to be out of these particular calls. And that's how I will. That would be plan number one. Plan number two is I'm gonna have these wristbands ready to go. And we're going to take it back to, like I said, what we did here in Pittsburgh, where you look at the wristband, I'm going to yeah. just put a finger up, yeah. and you're going to know, based on the numbers up here, and you switch them per quarter, per uh, half, I mean, there's so much things you could do to just, where you're not going to be able to watch it on tape and say, every time they hit a one, it's a blitz, <laughs> right. or every time they look at the wristband, it's a blitz. Man, we had things where it would look at the wristband, the wristband would say, no call, just look, and you nod your head like, well, all right, then it's, oh. Zero blitz here. You're like, all right, because it's always gonna be the same thing on tape. So you could do that's if I'm a coordinator, I'm prepared for the Steelers. That's the things that I'm considering in terms of how I'm gonna stop them.
1: I dig it. I dig it, Professor Motes, baby. Uh last one here, and we gotta go quickly. Uh Ernesto asks, um, which which average team could you see getting a huge win in the playoffs against a top seed like the Steelers the or Kansas City?
2: The Colts, without a doubt. Yeah, he
1: says I pick the Raiders because we've seen them, they can already win big games. Uh Colts, yeah. At this the, point, I might go Dolphins too, just because that defense. Yeah. That absolutely. defense is going to be good enough to. But and, either and
2: Tua it's look decent, yeah, you know?
1: Yeah. For it to be his first two starts, I mean, you he's mean, good. You could even consider the Cardinals a team yeah. like that. They could say the think NFC of them, is much more. But this is the thing, like, when open. we think
2: of teams that are underrated, I don't view the Cardinals as underrated. I think they're a team that is getting talked about, but they still have to earn it a little bit more. Whereas the Colts, I don't think the Colts are viewed as a top class team in yes, the AFC. Yes. I mean, they're probably the fourth or fifth. When we go down the list of AFC teams, you're gonna go Chiefs, Steelers, Ravens, Titans, Bills, yeah, and then you're gonna start talking about the Colts.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Ernesto also says, Wes, I love the English accent that you do. Can you do it? Oh, what you want to do to me, Ernesto? Huh? You're, yeah. trying, you're trying to make me do more work before we get out of here, Uh-huh. Are you knocking? You knocking on my door, Ernesto? <laughs>
0: Woke up this morning
1: Greek. feeling fun. That's my Green Street hooligan right there. Got man United on my mind. Oh yeah. The boys are playing the way that United should. Oh yeah. Let's go, something let's go tells big red. me I'm into something good. Mm-hmm. G- G- Green Street hooligans. <laughs> Gimme all the bees and money. What are some uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of famous lines from Green Street right. Hooligans. I'm drawing <laughs> a blank right now, of course. There's a lot of curse words in those famous uh, lines from lot Green of Street. Those, hooligans. Lot of those. Keep, keep it PG. <laughs> But we're forever blown bubbles, pretty bubbles in the air. Uh, Appreciate everybody who tweeted in today. You know we love uh, the participation. Let's do it again tomorrow at high noon. That's always the time, knuckleheads. And you know where to find us on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation
0: Radio.